Hey everyone, welcome back to Tech Talk. I'm Julia Beauchamp. I'm here with Computer World Apple blogger Johnny Evans, and we are going to be diving into some of the enterprise features from WWDC, so stick around. Okay, Johnny, thank you so much for calling in with us. Really excited to talk about WWDC. Lots of announcements. How is it going over there? It's been so busy. Longest keynote for years as well. Two and a half hours around about there. That's that's really huge. Um, they threw so much information out. Everybody I'm talking to, we're all still trying to figure it out. You know, there was a lot in a very short space of time. Lots for the enterprise, lots for consumers, lots for everybody, frankly. Okay, Johnny, so there's a lot of news, like you said, for enterprise and consumer customers, but let's focus a little more on the enterprise. There's big news, new iPad OS, new Mac, but I really want to talk about right now is sign in with Apple. That seems like a really interesting concept, so could you tell me a little bit more about that? Of course. Um, the thing with sign on with Apple is it replaces existing online authorization systems for websites and services and apps. Um, we can think of the entities, the companies who offer those services. The difference that Apple provides is that it locks onto your Apple ID and it, for, it, it creates a sort of completely private experience where the people whose services you use don't necessarily ever need to know who you are. They don't need to know your actual email address. You can sort of create a sort of a, a virtual email address. You will still get messages from them, but they will not have access to you or your details. They won't be able to track you. They won't be able to basically figure out too much about you except the information you choose to give up. Um, this, is, this, is, this is quite important in lots of different ways, but when combined with some of the other enterprise features, um, they're bringing in managed Apple IDs as well in iOS 13. It means that enterprise services can provide their employees with direct access to bespoke enterprise apps and services in complete privacy in such a way as that no one can be tracked and other you know, we know that there's hackers and crackers in the world um, will make it much more difficult for people to break into people's online services. So I think that's I think that's going to be very valuable for the enterprise as the word of that spreads. One problem people had when it was first announced is people were not entirely sure if it was cross platform. But I've looked at the notes and it seems to be in that it also provide it also works on the Web, which means it can be cross platform. So I think it's quite an exciting feature. It's one of those tiny little details which could, you know, you could skip it and miss it but it could be quite profound um, as, we, as we see it get sort of deployed. Um, there have been some critics of the way Apple is insisting that if you support sign-in services in your apps, you must offer it as an alternative there. And uh, some people have noted that it's going to be the top alternative, but I think it's quite a good way to um, encourage people to think about the privacy exchange they're making when they sign up for these things, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a question I have. You say it's cross-platform, but I'm wondering if that sign-in with Apple is only going to be available to enterprises who are already Apple shops, that everyone has a MacBook, everyone has a Mac, iPhone, whatever. I think uh, I, I don't think it is, you know, because it relies on an Apple ID. And, of course, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily need to have an Apple device to, to have an Apple ID. Um, but, obviously, it will be most used and, and probably completely used by people who are already on an Apple platform in some way, I think. Um, equally, it could be something that encourages people to go to that platform. Ooh, that's a good point. <laughs> and it is. it was an interesting point um, that you mentioned how Apple not so subtly 
it's not even not even a suggestion, more of a telling developers that you now need to include sign in with Apple. It's and it's interesting of them to suggest that in a time in the current climate where it seems there's a lot of talk about breaking up big tech and people, um, these big tech companies have monopolies. Just an interesting, interesting extra push on Apple's end, I think. It, it, it sort of is, but I, it's not anti-competitive because the other alternative services which have got bigger market share are, are still there. True. So, you know, and, and, and I think, I think Tim Cook the other day was speaking to a, a newspaper, I think, and said, well, you know, we, we welcome the idea of investigation. It's fair to have regulatory oversight, but he doesn't think they're a monopoly. Um, and you could, they're not the biggest of PC provider they're not the biggest mobile phone provider they're far from monopoly um but they just provide a quite intact cross-platform service mm -hmm. so I, I think we'll see how that goes but I, I guess it might depend on who does the judging these days mm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh another topic that i want to talk about is this new ipad os as we all know ipads really helped Apple push into the enterprise. They're small, they're compact, you can do so much on them. Um, and yeah. I'm interested to hear what the new iPadOS, how that will help enterprises, what's, what's going to change? Quite a lot's changed in the new iPadOS. Um, I've had less time with that than some of the other announcements, but I'm very impressed with the multitasking improvements. I'm very impressed with their sidecar enhancement, which works with Macs to almost turn the, uh, the, the, the iPad into an additional control service with little touches like uh, if you're using your iPad in sidecar mode with an iMac, you'll find you've got a little touch bar on the iPad surface. So you can, it's, it's, it's lots of little tiny thoughts like that. The improvements in slide over, um, you know, that mode where you can have an extra window open when you're working on iPad. Mm -hmm. they, they've now turned it into an app switcher as well. So you can literally flip between multiple apps in slide view while actually working in split view in two other apps or two instances of the same app, which is also very important um, and, and new. Um, it, 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 this this effectively this means that your iPad becomes a much more easy to use productivity tool. It enables you to work much faster between multiple apps. And I think that will have a very positive influence on, on, uh, on, on how people work with their iPads. And as will things like the accessibility feature of, uh, of mouse support, mm -hmm. um, which will come in useful to some. And that mouse support is it's also in iPhones as well, but it's, it's, a, it's an accessibility setting. The moving accessibility to front of the operate of the system as well, out of general and into somewhere where it's easier to find, is also going to be important because you'll find that more and more people are able to access computing tools and actually, you know, operate on a peer basis with others. I think that's great. It's going to, it's going to transform people's lives. That aspect. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, huge for accessibility. That's it's just important to make sure that everyone can have equal access to this really impressive tech. So that's mm. very exciting. Um, and it's actually interesting, all of these updates to an iPad, it almost is feeling like a lot of enterprise users can use it instead of a traditional laptop, a MacBook. I mean, we have MacBook Pros here, maybe not yet for a MacBook Pro, but for certainly I would think for a MacBook Air, I can't. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And equally exciting, again, a little, especially exciting for me, we're... Um, producing videos here is the new Mac Pro. Oh, yeah. This is crazy. It's just 
such high power. And could you yeah. tell me a little bit more about that? Because this is really interesting. Uh, it, it's it's these the I, I spent some extensive time looking at the the Mac and and the uh, the new X uh, display yesterday mm-hmm. and um, my, my, my overriding impression there's two there's lots of impressions and and quite a lot of power to discuss but the impressions I got definitely from the various members of the Mac team some of them I've known for a long time right so mm-hmm. um, um, I, they are genuinely I think I think the people who worked on that product are genuinely really super pleased to be able to deliver something which is that it, you know if you wanted to create the best Mac in the world they just did and that I think has really excited the whole team they are I get a real sense of optimism and hope and ambition. And, you know, I think they feel really proud of this machine. Um, and, and so they should, because it's it's incredibly powerful. It's it's absolutely the sort of nadir. If you're going to have a perfect Mac, this is it. It's also, I think, a symbolic of the future of the entire platform. Like you say, we'll find that iPads become more and more productive, more and more useful for more and more usage cases. Mm-hmm. And this kind of means that Macs and computers generally have to sort of more uh, increasingly meet the needs of extremely high-end users where, where a tablet isn't really appropriate. And, and that's what this Mac does. It's, it's, it sets that ground. The other thing they've done in the design and development of the Mac, they haven't just sort of stuck with, okay, let's make it really good and throw a bunch of stuff together. Oh, that's great. They've, uh, they've actually thought, okay, we can innovate in the technologies we use, mm-hmm. but let's take a really deep look at how people use this technology. So they've, they've worked very closely with um, video production houses, post-production houses, photographers, really high-end photographers, the sort of people who take shots on red cameras and sort of hang from helicopters. And uh, um, uh, they've, they've worked closely with music producers, video producers, and AR, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and they've designed the machines to meet workflow needs. And that means that these these integrate really well in people's existing workflows, enabling them to not just optimize the technologies they use to have the very best technology, but also to optimize how they work. And that that's kind of profound because they've put as much thought into how it is deployed as they have into how it is made. And I think that's going to be really, really significant moving forward. Yes, it is expensive. No, it's not a Mac for everybody, but it absolutely is a Mac that's going to deliver on that promise of power. And those displays are superb. <laughs> <laughs> that I can't even imagine how that would change video production. And it really does seem like exactly what you were saying. Everything about it seems like they were very intentional in this um, yes. production. They did a lot of research. Very interesting. Very exciting. My only complaint when I was uh, reading over the notes and all of the announcements from WWDC, the fact that it's called XDR just confuses me with all of the Apple 10 me products. Too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> me too. They really had uh, to confuse I, us. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, um, they, they are, they are gluttons for a, a little piece of black branding now and then. Oh aren't my they? Gosh. And they, they do like that kind of thing. I've seen the XDR in action as well, mm-hmm. um, beside reference monitors, reference displays, high-end displays, $40,000, $50,000 displays. Sure. Um, I've, I've walked into a room and sort of got treated, if you like, to a demonstration of, of, of the XDRs against multiple displays from other manufacturers. I won't name them because that's probably not fair, but my, oh my, even simple things such as consistent color gamut, both in the matte display, which is very clever and the standard one, and the viewing angle, you could you could stand beside the monitor pretty much and still see what was on the front of it. It was, uh, 
5,000 bucks is a lot of money for a monitor, but 45,000 bucks is a lot, a lot of money for a reference yeah. display. You can get nine of these and they're more consistent, they're lighter, and they're more capable of different usage cases. Uh, and they're a lot quieter. Oh, I mean, wow, that's nice. So much quieter. Um, yeah, yeah, they've really... They, they, I, I asked how they did it. And again, they went to the factories. They worked with the manufacturers. They invented new design processes. They invented new pixel... Uh, uh, oh, fuck, there's a name. It's just gone. Uh, they, invent, they invented a range of new technologies which they shoved into this, this display. And if you think about it, they've been working very, very hard on display technologies for quite a while. Think about the retina display. Think about the display in the iMac that was delivered, I think, about five years ago. And then they began to talk about how they were working on a pixel basis in terms of display mm -hmm. technology. This is kind of part of a path that they've been on for a while. So I, I think, you know, given that you'll spend 5,000 bucks hiring a reference display, you like the high-end sure. stuff, um, for a week, you may as well buy a monitor from Apple and there it is. Sure, <laughs> yeah. Got quite a good compelling sales point just with that. They've actually <laughs> met a need, <clears throat> I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's and Displays are one of those things that you... I find that whenever I have an upgraded display, I can... I immediately notice a difference, but it's one of those things when you see it side by side, it's mm. like night and day. But before mm. I let you go, Johnny, I want to talk <gasps> a little bit. I know. I want to talk a little <laughs> bit more about something maybe a little less enterprise focused, and that's iOS 13. This yeah. was obviously a huge, huge announcement from WWDC. It seems silly not to mention it. And there's a lot that's going to be coming um, to the iPhone. So can you hit on some of the highlights? We all know dark mode. Yes, there yeah. will be dark mode. But how about some of like maybe the the smaller features? What do you think is really going to be great? And what do you have any thoughts about some things that aren't that great? Um, I don't have much that is not that great yet. I mean, <laughs> em emojis don't sort of do it for me, but they a lot of people love them, right? So mm -hmm. that's kind of fun. Um, interesting points. I think one of the more interesting points is they, they continue to work in terms of core ML and machine learning. Mm -hmm. And it is, I think, quite astounding the amount of work that's going on on your iPhones now when it comes to machine intelligence. So if you think about your photo library and the photo library improvements that are coming in iOS 13 and those we already have, the capacity to uh, sort of analyze the photos you got, deliver well-curated collections of images mm -hmm. and to do this in such a way as um, that they look really nice. This is using intelligence on the device. And this means that there is no communication with the cloud. Local the intelligence does is not so interesting. Talk to the cloud yeah. at all. It analyzes your images on the device. So when doing that, so when you look at one of the curated galleries, they have an ability now for the machine intelligence to analyze the picture, figure out what the focal point is, do some slight edits to that picture so that in the sort of gallery view you're given, yeah. the picture is optimized to look fantastic. This is all happening in the neural engine on your device. No one knows it's happening. No one's seen those pictures. No third party entity has any access to those those images. Mm -hmm. They are they're kind of advancing in, in machine intelligence in very um, sophisticated ways to deliver a, a, a model in iOS 13, which is capable of doing so much more while maintaining privacy. And that privacy argument 
is a thread that goes through every single announcement they made at WPC. Oh, yeah. And it goes all the way back to the beginning again, to signing with Apple. And, and you see, this. I think, I think there's a great deal to look forward to there. Mm-hmm. But I also think you'll see the, the uh, implementation of that kind of AI um, widen across apps and across the apps that Apple provides in iOS 13 over the next year. They've opened up a whole, whole bunch of new calls. They support a whole bunch of new machine intelligence models. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, 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 they're kicking the cutting edge here. It's, 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 it's really good. That's exciting. <laughs> and when does iOS 13 actually roll out? It will be. It's, traditionally, they, they ship these things in full. Um, developers are already working with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have, and, and, and so that's good. Um, and the... Um, um, <clears throat> Developers are already working with it, and that's good. Sorry, I got interrupted by something. <laughs> and uh, um, we, I think we'll see the public beta next month, followed by okay. the actual announce, actual release, probably in September, but certainly in fall. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much, Johnny, for calling in. It's so important to talk about what these um, updates are going to be. It's. I'm excited. I'm excited as a consumer, too. So yeah. really looking forward to it. Sign in with Apple. That's I'm really yeah. excited about that because I never use signing with Google or signing with Facebook. I'm always too I, I'm very excited too. Yeah. I've had a, I've had a, I've had a very, a very interesting time here. Yeah. And that was, as you see, I was talking from my hotel room, and that was the the the, the room keeper coming in to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, um, but I, there is, there were very few bum notes in that announcement on mm-hmm. on Monday. Two and a half hours of deep. In information, I, I'd actually recommend if you're interested, you should definitely spend that time watching the keynote. There is lots there for everybody. We've touched, we've barely touched the surface in our chat, and we've talked about a lot. Yeah. So it's Worth that it. kind of, it was that kind of dub dub. It was Worth a good it. one. Yeah. This year. Yeah. <laughs> you know why spend that that long watching the new Avengers movie when you could watch WWDC? Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much, Johnny, for these updates. And we'll be talking more about iOS 13 on the June 13th Twitter chat. That's on the at IDG Tech Talk Twitter, and that's at 12 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to join using the IDG Tech Talk hashtag. So that'll be exciting. If you have any strong opinions regarding iOS 13, definitely tune into that. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Tech Talk. I'm Juliette Beauchamp. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. And leave a comment. What are you most excited about out of WWDC? Or if there was just something that you hated about it, let me know. See you next time.